Thank you for tuning in to the sermon webcast of Living Savior. We are one church serving in two locations, Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. For more information, go to lsavior.org. Several months ago, a plane took off from an airport in Indonesia and plummeted into the sea. Two weeks ago, another plane took off from an airport in Ethiopia and crashed into the ground. The first incident, 189 people were killed. The second incident, 157. Why those people? Why them? Do you think it was because they were worse sinners than the 1.7 million other people who boarded an airplane on that same day? I do. I do. At least often my first reaction is something along these lines. Indonesia, tsunamis, earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, epidemics, wildfires, and now a plane crash. Something about those people of Indonesia, something that they're bringing on themselves. Or the thought process, Ethiopia, there's always a threat of, of civil war in Ethiopia. There's thousands of people living in refugee camps. There's crop failures and famines. Something's wrong with those people of Ethiopia. That reaction to the tragic things that happen to others is so common that Jesus actually raised the question himself. Those people that were killed in that particular incident, do you think they were worse sinners than those who are still alive? And then to that question, he gave an emphatic no. No, I tell you. And with that, he, he, he cuts the heart of the silly sometimes arrogant comparison game that we go through of why them and not us. Must be because, no, 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 don't do that. The God of the Bible, when it comes to assessing the sins of humanity, has three words written by the Apostle Paul. All have sinned. No exceptions, none whatsoever. All have sinned and thus face the punishment of a holy God. So you read the scriptures and you recognize, I see those commandments of God and they're like a mirror and I gotta hold that up and I look at the things that I've said, the things that I've done, the things that I think, and staring in the mirror is the, the chief of sinners. City in New Zealand, violence breaks out in two mosques. 49 people killed. Do you think those 49 that were gathered were worse sinners than the 149 that are gathered here this morning? 
I do. I do, at least that's often my reaction to that. I mean, they're, they're in a mosque, for goodness sake. They're worshiping a God that cannot save them. And by the very way of life that they've adopted, that way of life is offensive to the only Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like God is in heaven. And he's going, so you're in church today. You're good. But it's those Muslims, those Hindus, those Buddhists, I got a score to settle with them, and sometimes I have to, 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 to carry out some violent actions against them. Jesus was asked the question. He raised it himself, in fact, and his answer, do you think those who were killed, whatever they were doing, were worse sinners than you are? He says, I tell you no, and then he completes the thought, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. And he doubles down on it. Were they more guilty than others? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. And please do not misunderstand that last word, perish. He's not talking about if you don't repent, you're going to celebrate fewer birthdays because your life will be shortened, or your death, your earthly death, will be more violent rather than peaceful, or it'll be more predictable rather than something that had happened suddenly. When he uses the word perish, it's in his sense of, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Those, Jesus says, will be his words on the last day to those who do not repent. And then he illustrates it with the story of the rich man who desperately cries out for just a drop of water to cool my tongue, he says, because I'm in agony in this fire. That is the Lord's outcome. That's the perishing of those who do not repent. A crowd of people milling around on the streets of Charlottesville, Virginia. They're protesters and they're counter-protesters. Some are holding up signs and they're shouting against one another and there's some scuffling that takes place. And then suddenly a vehicle comes plowing into the crowd, knocking people down, and to show the driver's intent, the vehicle slams into reverse and knocks more people down. Do you think that those people, the one who died and, and the many that were seriously injured, do you think they were worse sinners than the other people living in Charlottesville, Virginia that day? I do. I do. At least sometimes that's my first reaction. I mean, what business would people have? We live in a dangerous world. Why would they risk their lives and, and get involved in a confrontation like that? And what kind of a sick person would drive a vehicle into a crowd of people and purposely try to injure and maim and kill? We're sinners, right? And Jesus asked the question very straightforward. Those who were killed, whatever the situation, were they more guilty? Were they worse sinners than you? No, I tell you. 
No. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. To repent, that means I have to stop analyzing what God is doing or has done in regard to other people and what they've said. I've got to think about what God would rightly do to me for things that I have said. Has what I've said been disrespectful to a holy God? Has what I've said caused someone harm? Has what I've said hurt somebody's reputation? To repent, that means you have to stop analyzing why this happened to them and why that happened to them and why God brought that about. To repent, that means you have to analyze what you have done. Have I done things that here's God's command and I didn't carry it out? Have I failed to love my spouse as I must? Have I failed to give myself up for my co-worker? Have I failed to be forgiving? Have I failed to properly regard myself, as Scripture says, as by nature a fallen sinner? To repent, that means... Both you and I have to stop, stop trying to analyze what other people are thinking and believing and recognize and take to heart, what am I thinking and believing? Is my thought process too often selfish? Is my thinking too often, what's in it for me, what's in it for me, what's in it for me, have I much too often been judgmental of others where God decides their fate. Those who have been harmed, were sinners? No. A building collapses in Nigeria. A shooting takes place in a high school in Florida, in a college, at a college in Oregon, at an elementary school in Connecticut. 20 people killed, 17 people killed, 27 people killed, 10 killed. As soon as I hear that, my first reaction is too often, who can I blame? Who's at fault? Who, who, who needs to be, be held accountable for that? Jesus comes to me and you with his word and says, you see that and you recognize that is a warning that you also must repent. And then Jesus goes on to illustrate it with a, with a simple story. A man has a vineyard and he goes to look for fruit on one particular tree. And he sees there's no fruit there. And he says to the man who's taking care of the, inner, of the vineyard, for three years I've been looking for fruit on this tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? And the man taking care of the vineyard says, give it one more year. I'll dig around it and I'll fertilize it. If in one year it bears fruit, fine. If not, then cut it down. 
Who's the tree? This one and you. What does the Lord look for from the tree? He looks for the fruit of confessing our sins. That each of us would say, I have sinned by my own fault, by my own grievous fault. He looks for the fruit of faith in the one Redeemer and Savior he's given, of faith in the one who shed his blood for you, in the faith of, in, of, in, in, of faith in the one who died for me, that each of us can say, Father, have mercy on me, and for Jesus' sake, do not look upon my sins. For Jesus' sake, put my transgression far from me. He looks for that fruit of faith. And he looks for the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yes, that's a Bible passage. The Lord looks for that fruit on your tree. And in his mercy, he's given you what? One more year? One more month? One more day? Any one of those would be grace that both you and I would have the opportunity to produce fruit. You understand, of course, that the type of events that I've been reciting to you, they'll continue to happen, and it very likely won't be long before there's another such event. X number of people tragically killed. Christians actually respond to those events in a number of very good ways. We, we respond with compassion. We respond with fervent prayer. We respond with, as we're able, with, with help that we can provide. And now Jesus puts before us also this. Then when others' lives come to a sudden end, we recognize that for me is the Lord saying, but as for me, I must repent. I must stop comparing myself to other people to make myself look better. I must stop figuring this is what God has judged there because of what they have done. I must simply acknowledge that I too have sinned by my own fault. And when I read that, I desire fruit and I pray for fruit and I ask the Lord, give me your Holy Spirit by your word so that I can produce the fruit not only of sorrow for my sins, but of faith in my dear Savior and of a life that honors him. That would be outstanding fruit. Amen. Amen.